You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everyone and welcome back to Page to Stage, a conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. That's Mary. To put it simply, we're both theater nerds. So let's pull back the curtain and get a glimpse at the artist's process while creating their art. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So thanks for joining us, Christy. You're welcome. <laughs> Christy and I know each other from the Broadway Teachers Workshop. We both work together. What year was it? 2015. That's four years ago. Oh my God. So much has happened. <laughs> And since then, actually, you've had quite a career, I would say. I'd like to think that. Yeah. Do you know how many shows you've worked on since? Well, I average, including readings, probably 15 shows a year. So I don't know if I could give you an estimate. Whoa. It's pretty impressive. It's a lot of time balancing, right? Yeah. Now, are you production stage manager for each of those? Or does it kind of vary depending on what the project is? Yeah. I'm currently the production stage manager of my show. Something clean, right? Something clean at Roundabout Theater. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that production and how you got involved. Sure. So back in November, no, a couple years ago, I took over as the PSM on a previous show with the same director, Margot Bordelon. So because of that, I kept in contact with her, and then she needed a PSM on a workshop of this show. So she reached out to me in November, and I did that, kept in contact again, and then they needed a PSM for the full production, and here I am. Nice. So when did you uh, move to New York? Because you said you were from Florida originally. 
I am from Florida. I moved at the very end of 2013. Okay. And so you did all your schooling and stuff in Florida, like up to high school? Through college. Through college. Okay. So after high school, you decided to go to college for stage management? No, I actually went to college for event management and lighting design. And where did you go to school? University of Florida. Go Gators. (laughs) (laughs) So what took you away from your original plan of events management and lighting design into the stage management avenue? When I was in college, I was doing lighting design mainly to be a lighting designer for events. One day I planned to have my own company, moved to Denver, Colorado, and everything changed. So (laughs) when I was learning about lighting design, it was in the School of Theater, and then I got asked to stage manage a a dance show. And after that happened, I knew that I wanted to be a stage manager instead of an event planner. So you just jumped right in to do stage management for them? I did. I spent a couple years in college figuring out, did I want to change my major? or Did I just want to move straight to New York? And made many pros and cons lists and eventually ended up here actually before I graduated college. I still had one semester where I needed to do an internship and I was able to do that at Signature Theater. Nice. So now that you decided you were going to be a stage manager, what was your next step after moving to New York? How did you get your footing here and start meeting people? It started one summer when I just sublet an apartment and spent the summer here when I was still in school. So I got here, I had turned on a couple internships and freaked myself out. I was like, what am I doing here? I don't have a job. So before I even unpacked my bags, I said to myself, you know, I think I want to be on Broadway one day. So I'm going to go down there tonight. And I just hopped on the subway and decided to knock on every stage door that I saw and ask to speak to the stage managers. And for some reason, to this day, I can't figure out why, but they let me. And I shadowed five Broadway shows that summer and have now kept in touch with those stage managers over the years. And after that summer, I knew that's that's what I want to do. So I spent all my efforts in my final semester of classes applying to internships that could fall under event management but be involved with theater. So would you say that those shadowing opportunities were kind of your first bits of training in stage management since you didn't have any formal schooling? Pretty much. I I went in and I was like, oh, this is how theater happens. (laughs) And obviously it's a different uh, ball game at that point because the show is running, but it was definitely my first taste of it. And just, I have a question about you going and knocking on stage doors. What were their, like, how do they respond? I can't imagine that it's normal for someone to be knocking on a stage door. Especially on this side of things. And asking for a stage manager. Usually they're they're saying, can I talk to this star? Right? (laughs) Can I talk to the actor? Yeah, for some reason, everyone was very open to the idea and... I'm not afraid to talk to anyone. I make friends on the subway and people think that's weird, but I've actually made lots of friends on the subway. (laughs) Um, So I, my main philosophy is like the worst that can happen is someone says no. And I've been told no many times at this point and I've handled it every time. So um, I'm just not really afraid of hearing that, afraid of rejection. So I was like, what's the worst? Yeah. That's so interesting that you say that you've heard no several times, considering you just told us that you work, probably work on 15 or so shows a year. Yeah. I'm so curious. How, like, what, what do you say is the ratio, would you, would you say? Oh, I would say I get about 80% no's. So are you saying 
a lot of the projects still uh do you pursue a lot of projects and get no's now in your career or was that mainly just in the beginning of your career no it still happens i would say maybe daily um and so when you go out looking for work as a stage manager is it based on the relationships that you formed with directors and other people other stage management professionals or company management, theaters. What do you think is what Fidel. is main? Com. Yeah. What is getting you? What's the main source of getting you work? I've never gotten a job through Playville.com. I'll say Shucks. that. <laughs> I don't see very many postings for that, but you see them for like regional theaters. I mean, I, I still like. look, but I've never gotten one. Because <laughs> um, she has so much free time. Yeah, so much free time. I check Playville once a day. Fun fact. I would say that every relationship is important for some reason. And just about my personal view on relationships in, uh, I don't like to say this word too much, but networking is I approach every new person I meet as I do want to get to know you, not just I want a job out of you. If, if it leads to a job, great. And fortunately, I have a good relationship with them where it'll work out. But yeah, that's connections through directors, if I'm the production stage manager or theater companies, general managers. But a lot of it has been, or a lot of it started as meeting other stage managers and asking as many questions as I could come up with. If you had to pick one person, who would you say was the person that kind of took you under their wing? and kind of guided you in the early stages? Well, it was certainly a group effort. I feel like many people took me under their wings, but the most influential was Morgan Holbrook, who we know in common. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, but the first, I would say, were the two stage managers at Signature that were my mentors when I was there for a few months. And then Morgan had a more consistent impact on my career what specifically like I'm assuming you worked on some of his shows were you a PA at first or was it just one of those conversations so it started with a conversation over coffee and kept in touch I try to always keep in touch with people that I meet and that led to the first Broadway show that I was able to work on which was called The Audience and Helen Mirren played the Queen of England as she should as she, I mean, she <laughs> is the Queen of England. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, and then he did the Broadway Teachers Workshop, which is where I met you, and brought me along to that. And then I worked on a couple more Broadway shows with him after that. And by that point, I was meeting other people, and other opportunities were happening. So I was, I was figuring out where I was going at the right time. So that first project that you worked with Morgan on for the audience, was that a PA position? Yes, I was a PA. So what does a PA do for the show, for those people that don't know? Because it's a pretty general title that I feel like it's used a bunch in a lot of different industries. And PA stands for production assistant. Yes. Yes, not personal assistant. There's so much (laughs) jargon that we just need to to give letters out. (laughs) So a production assistant does a lot of things. And the main goal of a PA is to support the stage management team leading up to opening night of a show. So that includes simple tasks like making the coffee and sharpening the pencils and making copies and doing all of that sort of stuff, but also being a part of making rehearsals run smoothly. So knowing where props go so that if the assistant stage manager 
needs to focus on something else for a moment, the PA can step in and do that or helping manage the paperwork that keeps everything organized. And the main goal of stage managers in general is to make the show organized and be the left brain of bringing everything together. And so you would be reporting as a PA to the assistant stage manager? Most of the time when I've been a PA, I answer most closely to the ASM. But now that I'm a production stage manager, I just did a lot of interviews for potential PAs for my current show. And every person that I met with, I said, you have to know that you are a part of the stage management team. We are a full team. And even though you're not with the show the entire time, I still consider that you would be a part of my team. What was your transition like going from being a PA to your first ASM job? And was your first ASM job, uh, was that the humans? Or your, your first Broadway credit as my ASM? first Broadway credit as an ASM it's There's tricky. just so many. I, well, no, no, no. <laughs> it's that they happened at the same time, so it's tough to say which one happened oh, okay. first. I think Blackbird was technically first, but The Humans was maybe like a week later. <laughs> and you were a sub-ASM for Blackbird, is that right? Yes. So can you talk about what, what that means for in the stage management world? Because we talked a lot before with another person, Matt, about you know being a vacation swing as a performer. Mm. So I'm yeah. curious if there's any relation or you know what the difference would be yeah they they are very parallel because you have to learn quickly um, and fill in for someone who has already created this role so as a sub well as a PA who turns into a sub the advantage of that is that the PA has already seen rehearsals knows what's going on knows the people involved and can fill in should one of the stage managers call out for any reason so were you a PA on the humans or blackbird that that's what turned you into yes, being the first choice for a sub yes so that is a bit of an easier transition it also depends on the shows and the the needs of the shows but my most recent broadway credit i was just a sub asm which was american sun and i just came in one day i didn't even really have any training they just gave me the paperwork and i covered the deck that day so that was kind of crazy but yeah, it's it's a sub ASM comes in, manages the crew backstage and takes charge of the deck, which means we can be flashlighting certain things for safety and calling clears so that people are out of the way of certain set pieces and all of that sort of like maintaining the safety backstage. What do you see the responsibilities of the assistant versus the PSM? Well, the stage management team is in charge of all things organizational and logistical, I guess, to give it a general description. But either role has different tasks. So the PSM is in charge of kind of maintaining the order of the rehearsal room, sending out schedules and reports each night, being the liaison actually between the director and the designers and the theater company, and they maintain the director's vision after the director leaves, which is usually opening night. Um, in addition, they also call the show. So they run the tech process and create the call of the show, which is lights and sound and scenery shifts and all of that. And then the ASM's main goal is to be in charge of backstage. So right now, as I'm PSMing, we go into tech in a week 
And I'm going to be focused on calling the show and trusting that my ASM has everything backstage under control. She knows where the props are. She knows costume changes. She's handling all of that so that I don't have to think about it. So it's two separate roles creating a cohesive team. So you you find out that you, that you get a job. So you find out, we'll use something clean as an example if you want. So you find out that, that you're the PSM for something clean. What is your first step? after finding out or I guess confirming celebrate celebrate that's, that's a great <laughs> Be answer grateful um so you said that you did a workshop of this back in the fall yes okay so did so when did your relationship start with the piece and tell us a little bit about what what you did after this sure. after you celebrated after I celebrated mm-hmm. so with that one, I came in because I knew I had a long-standing relationship with Roundabout Theater through, through the humans and a few other shows that I've done with them. But then I also had taken over as the PSM for this director's show previously with Roundabout. And so it when it came time for them to need a PSM, she reached out to me and it everyone agreed that it would be a good fit. So... Once I, a few months later, found out that I was definitely the PSM for the full production, my, there are kind of a lot of first tasks. I think first task, read the script. I'm sorry, can I interrupt you for one second? So does, because I don't know how this works, but how does, you don't, (laughs) how does, how do you get assigned the show, right? So who brings you onto the project? Mm. Do directors Mm. usually bring on? their favorite stage manager that they work with all the time or is it usually the company that brings you on it's a combination so a director will definitely give their preference i really want this psm Mm. and hopefully the theater will sign off on that because the theater is technically my employer but there are a lot of opinions that can be involved and it's just a, a matter of making sure that everyone is happy with that and then the psm then hires their team of assistants and PAs but again all of those have to be signed off by for example the one I'm on right now like roundabout signed off on my team that I chose so after so, so I'm sorry back to, yeah <laughs> sorry to interrupt and then do some boring stuff where I make sure that I know the rule book that I'm working under because every equity contract is different and I've I have worked on many contracts I've worked on for this year alone. So equity contract as in, you know, there's there's the Broadway contract, right? Yes. And then there's all the, based on the size of the house, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So when I get hired on a show, I'll find out what the what rule book I'm following. And I'll find out what the rehearsal hours are. And I'll find out all the things that I need to know to enforce equity's standards. Because it's my job as a stage manager to make sure that everyone is being treated fairly and we're following specific guidelines. But if Cause I'm you're not, the only person in the production that's representing, that's representing yes. um, equity and you're also in this. Uh, yes. Stage equity include no equity includes just in equity? actors and stage managers. I'm ju- well, that's not true. I'm technically a part of the wardrobe union too, because of my child <laughs> guardian experience, but <laughs> We don't talk about that. But stage managers are traditionally just in equity. Yes. Okay. Or they're non-equity stage managers. Right, right. But yeah. Yeah, so I read the rule book and then I assemble a team and I start making a whole lot of paperwork and emailing people and starting to 
get as prepared as I can leading up to the first rehearsal. So are you brought on to the process before or after casting happens? It depends. Okay. It depends. Yeah. I don't know if I could even say consistently one way or another. For something clean. How did that work? For something clean, the cast was chosen like two years ago. And I got this three months ago. So they beat me. (laughs) It's a good cast, too. When do you guys run until? We run until the end of June. Nice. Possible extension to July 7th. Cool. Keeping our fingers crossed for that. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh How do you coordinate what your next project is going to be while you're working on the one? Because it's a very time-consuming, responsible Mm -hmm. job that you have. So I try to... This is just me. Um, I know a lot of stage managers who fortunately their work just shows up in their lap and I'm so happy for them. That's however not my story, which is fine. Um, but a lot of times when I start a full show, I that the day I start it is like when I start looking for my next or before then. I can't really say exactly how to find a job because yeah. it's so many different things, but I start the search process as soon as I can. And have you ever worked on an uh, open-ended run? Well, I... I was a PA on Hello, Dolly, which was open-ended, but I did not stay with it after opening. So right. technically, I think the answer is no. Okay. <laughs> if, you, if you're working on an open-ended job that you don't know when to really start finding right. or looking for the next one, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never had that experience of like, I know what I'm doing for the next three years or anything like that. So it's not like you're on a contract, like the actors may be on a six-month contract or a one-year contract, are you guys just open-ended stage managers? And when you want to give your notice, you'd give your notice? As far as I know, stage managers are, unless they do something wrong, <laughs> they are with it till yeah. the end. Um, but I unfortunately have heard of situations where stage well, managers yeah, if have there's been a long fired. Running, well, if there's a long-running show, too, for 10 years, maybe... Maybe you don't want to work on the same show for 10 years or you can come and go from a project. What's interesting is this is a a conversation that I've had many times recently because I would love to work on a show for one to three years just to have some savings. But I also see when people are on the same show for a long amount of time, they tend to, their happiness tends to decrease with time. They get a little comfortable. Yes. And I don't want to, you know... I'm not here to like say anything specific, but I know that I want to be happy. I want to continue to love what I do. Fortunately, we don't like our face doesn't have to say it all because we're not out on stage, but we do. Your attitude. Yeah. Our attitude certainly affects the temperature of the people around us, which can bleed onto the stage. And so, and I take that responsibility very seriously. And I honor that because I always hope to bring joy to whatever room I'm in. And if I get three years into a run and I know that I'm unhappy, I hope that I would take myself away from that or, you know, hope, you know, figure out ways to be happy and bring that in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you've had a lot of assistant stage management experience and PSM experience. What do you think is the biggest difference between the two? And do you have a Mm -hmm. preference? So tough. I love both. And I do think that they are very different. Um, I think right now having ASM for about a year straight and I've just done two PSMing back to back, what I'm finding, I do prefer PSMing. It's a slight preference because I just love both so much. Um, but PSMing, 
I get to be a people person. And I am as an ASM too, because ASMs are the ones that interact a lot with with the actors. But I love being the director's point person and to have trust built into that relationship and to be able to set the tone of the room based on how I am and who I am. So that's what I'm loving right now about being back in the PSM game. Yeah. As a PSM, I'm curious. So once the show opens and we you kind of already touched on this about, you know, holding out the integrity of the show Mm -hmm. because the director steps away. Are you, do you find that you're often doing put-ins or because I know like the role of associate director or resident director is mm-hmm. now coming up from the West End because mm-hmm. I know a few who have now assumed that role. So how does that change your responsibility? Yeah, your responsibility. Yeah. So if there's an associate director, they pretty much or a resident director, they pretty much handle that. Do you have to be present in the room while they're running the rehearsals? Yeah. Stage managers always need to be at rehearsals, regardless of what type of rehearsal it is. Would it be you as the PSM or the ASM you may send in for a a brush up rehearsal or an understudy rehearsal? I suppose that depends on what's needed that week at the show. Um, The one I'm currently on, we don't have understudies and we won't we could have rehearsals after opening, but that would be highly unlikely. But my role will be to note the show if needed, if anyone is wavering too much from what the director set by opening night. So actually, as I'm going through rehearsals, I'm taking a lot of notes of what Margot has said about specific lines or specific scenes so that I know what what her mindset is about it because it's never my job to redirect a show and I would never intend to and I have no desire to but it is my my job and my purpose to maintain whatever someone has made and so if I can know her to the best of my ability know what she's thinking and wanting then I'm going to do my best to note the actors in that way that's I mean it's not directing but it's maintaining so you just mentioned that there's no understudies in something clean. No understudies. So what does that mean if somebody... It means you can... will always get to see the original cast. All right. <laughs> so, but that that leads me to another responsibility of a stage manager, mm-hmm. stepping in on stage. It, that's not usually a thing anymore, right? No. It, it, that was like an old school responsibility oh, of a stage no. manager. Although I do know someone. Because I've heard of it in not very recent years or on Broadway or anything. But I've heard of like tours well, and stuff where that's Well, Morgan acted on happened. Broadway. I actually do remember this story now. Can you please elaborate? Yeah, Brian is So good. the way that I got my debut was when I was training at Blackbird to run the deck as an ASM. So we had onstage crosses by the understudies. And if an understudy had to go on during the show... For any, like if one of the actors called out, then the stage manager would bump up and do those on stage crosses. So it wasn't just across across the stage. Yes. I mean, I hate to say this, but it wasn't much acting, you know? Okay. Okay. (laughs) I was hoping Morgan like delivered Shakespeare. No, no, not this one. But I don't know. I can't speak to other performances. Yeah. Um, But that was that night I like jumped in as ASM with hardly any training. It was a crazy day. I think we'll have to have Morgan on and we'll have to ask him oh, about God. that. I think that's I think that's definitely Great. our next step. <laughs> He's busy in a three hour play called The Ferryman. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> so does that scare you though? Would that have would that happen if Possible you know acting. something cl- would you go on? 
if I wouldn't clean... because I'm calling the show. Okay. Yes. You, Does you're... it scare me for my ASM? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think under this contract that would happen. I think okay. we would cancel the performance that wow. night. Yeah. Especially because it's two men and a woman. And my ASM is a woman. So, like, that's kind of set. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think that there's a difference because you've worked on musicals and plays? Do you find that there are any major differences between working on the two? And do you have a preference? How honest am I allowed to be on this? You could be so honest. So honest. So honest. No okay. Filter. Hope this doesn't get me out of a job one day, but I've, <laughs> I prefer plays to musicals. And a lot of that has come from my experiences because... Well, is that because plays are maybe easier than musicals? I don't... Well, okay, they have different... I mean, each each show is going to be completely different. So sure. it's a very general question, a very general answer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how I, do you define easy? That would be right. my question. Technically, generally, there are more challenges technically on a musical than a play but it totally depends on the player musical and then plays because often the psm is running understudy rehearsals they have to be very involved with the acting of it with the with the intentions and and all of that whereas a musical will come with an ad who might be doing that so that's a that's a challenge that a play has that a musical doesn't necessarily have and i enjoy that part of it i i feel like i have been very gifted to work with PSMs such as Jill Cordell and Billy Barnes, who are great directors or great PSM maintaining the director's visions. And I love that, but I also just have not had the greatest time on all the musicals that I've worked on. And not because of the the technical challenges, but because of other things that maybe I won't name right now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But yeah. Well, typically... And it seems that way for a lot of your resume. The plays you've worked on are usually smaller. Oh, you cat. have my resume. Oh yeah. Oh well, your your work history, I should say. Sure. Um, your LinkedIn. <laughs> usually, the plays that you've worked on have much smaller casts than the musicals. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like true. Hello Dolly's a huge cast. Yes. Whereas Blackbird is only a couple. Right. And right. Something Clean you just said only has three. Yeah, but you know what's funny is that every cast I enjoy pretty much all the casts I've worked with I was just talking about that earlier today that I I don't know if I've ever met an actor that I didn't get along with which is a blessing it doesn't matter the number of people in the cast there might still be a challenge among the actors even if it's a cast of three and you know I'm not I don't want to like talk about any stories or anything but right now I do feel fortunate because I have a cast of three and they are great but I've worked on casts of three where we had challenges with mm. the act with one of the actors or two of the actors. So I don't know if the number really the only hard part about that is day one when I haven't matched a name to every face and I have to learn fifty all at once. Oh yeah, that's intimidating. I can't even imagine Hello Dolly. <laughs> I thought it you know, every time I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to do this. I can't do this. My brain doesn't work like that. And then day two I'm like, Oh, I know who everyone is. Wow. So yeah, I think it's more scary up front than it is in reality. But So since it was already kind of mentioned, so sure. LinkedIn, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a different part of the conversation. I don't so. remember what my LinkedIn says. No, 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 it's okay. It's, it's not specific to LinkedIn. So, well, thank <laughs> did you. you print it out? I just There's showed a her a printout of her LinkedIn profile. <laughs> what That's picture amazing. do I? I don't see my picture. Oh no, I didn't need the picture. Oh, okay, but it's. Be- I'm sure it's beautiful. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Everybody, go check in her. Check out her LinkedIn yeah, right now. Is it? Is it her name? <laughs> is it just her name? You can search just by name. Just my name. So she has stage manager. So because social media is is a rising piece to every part of, I would say, theater, even Mm -hmm. the scenic design. So how would you say, does social media help you as a professional? Because a lot of this business is keeping in touch with people and relationships. Yes. But also marketing yourself. For stage management, I think the only use that, that... social media has for me in particular is when someone has not worked with me or met me and they're like oh I wonder if she would be good to hire they would they would Facebook stalk me and be like oh we have 37 friends in common okay I think she might be good at this you know and so I think it's the it still comes down to the connection I have with the people and outside of that like I don't think anyone has ever hired me based off my LinkedIn I still have one I guess but (laughs) Doesn't you get me you definitely have a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah, I well, check it maybe once or twice a year. I mean, LinkedIn seems to be one of those strange... Can you call it social media? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. Are people can, social on it? Yes. And I would say it's more on the producer line mm. of of networking. I know it's because I work for a producer that's and I know that's something that's on his radar. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think that it's it's at the top. Because that's how they're finding investors or that's how they're finding co-producers. That sort of thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Not so much for stage management, but yeah. No. But I also think it's interesting because it's it's almost an electronic version of your resume. So you're able to yeah. easily share it if, it if it could work that way versus having it on your Facebook. Yeah. Which is why I mistakenly said I had your resume. No, it was just your I LinkedIn profile. I mean, it's profile. okay. I just want to know how much pe- how much information people have about me. Yeah, well, that's really important. And Did that's it say on there that I can do a Rubik's Cube? Because that's a special I skill. I don't know. <laughs> I'll be sure to endorse you on that later. <laughs> well, that's what's so fun about an actor's one? resume is they could put their special skills. I used to do that, and then I was told I shouldn't do that anymore. So now I just have to tell people in person. You know what? That's why I get coffee with stage If managers. I was looking to hire you, I would appreciate that you can do a Rubik's Cube. And Thank how fast you. can you do a Rubik's Cube? Consistently under a minute and a half. But That's I'd impressive. Probably, yeah. I mean, whatever. Um, I can't do one at all. So <laughs> yeah. anything, if you finish it, I'll that's teach you impressive. one day. Yeah. Oh, we did Rubik's cubes at right at the Broadway Teachers Workshop. I don't remember. No. Okay. I, I definitely remember the lateral thinking puzzles. We did the lateral thinking puzzle? <laughs> they just informed me uh, before we started recording what a lateral thinking puzzle is, and I still don't know. But apparently, it takes too long, and there, it's it's something we can't do on the we podcast. We can't do it right now. But Maybe we will it'll be do a it special episode, a <laughs> lateral thinking episode. We'll have Christy back just to to throw some our way. I know all the questions to ask for them. <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned that, or we were talking about associate directors and maintaining the director's vision and everything, mm-hmm. and that's a big responsibility of the stage management team. Would you say that you have any interest in directing, or can you see yourself? such a funny question uh as a director one day eventually down your your path well absolutely not however (laughs) so So i went one thing i learned in school which we can talk about later about schooling is that i went to school for lighting design 
And to be a lighting designer, you have to be a creator. And I learned that I hate creating. <laughs> I hate it. It like drives me crazy. It's not how my brain works. It stresses me out. Like I used to hate taking art class. That was my least favorite subject because I was so terrible at it, even though it wasn't hard. So no, I don't want to be a director. However, I worked on Hello, Dolly. And David Hyde Pierce was in that. And one night I was, we were celebrating someone's going away party and I was talking to him about potentially being int- uh, interested in producing one day, which is another story, another path of my life, potentially. And a few months went, you know, he was really excited. He was like, you're going to produce the show and I'm going to be in it. Okay, David Hyde Pierce, sure. And then a f- maybe six months later, I get an email out of nowhere. I was home in Florida. I got an email from DHP, as we call him. And he said, hey, would you be interested in being my assistant director on a concert version of It Should Have Been You this weekend? Oh, wow. He said, I know you're not interested in direct, or I know that you're not interested in directing, but who really is? <laughs> well, I am. And so I said, <laughs> so Almost well, every it's just funny because he, as the director said that, I'm like, you must yeah. be interested, right? So I said, of course, I'll be there this weekend. I'm in Florida right now. And he's like, no, don't cut your your trip short. And I was like, no, it's not a big deal for you. Sure. So I came back and did it. And what was great about that, at least in the AD role, was that I was assisting him. I was making his vision happen, which is where I thrive. So Because that's a pretty similar role to the stage manager. Yeah. And I could see myself being an AD easily because of what that is like I I have always thrived in like I think why I was hopefully I would call myself a good PA is because my goal was to make life easier on the ASMs I was working for and then once I became an ASM to make life easier on the PSM and as a PSM make life easier on the the director so that's I think across the board a skill set of what whatever role the stage manager is and I know a few assistant directors associate directors who have now made careers out of associate directing which has turned into a resident directing or whatever yeah that's definitely a i mean i'm not planning (laughs) i'm not planning on going down that path but sure i'm also like whatever happens in life yeah because you never know yeah you didn't expect to be a stage manager leaving high school i did not as a 17 year old did you know what a stage manager was no when they were like oh can you stage manage the show i was like yeah what? what were you, what's a cue? Were you involved in theater throughout high school? Uh, that, yes. Okay. So I went to a very rigorous high school. I don't know if you know what IB is. Yeah. Okay. So I went to school for IB and I took like tons of AP classes and I was, spent all my life studying. But I wanted my I wanted to feel a sense of fulfillment creatively. So I would go to other... Oh, my school didn't have a theater program, a drama program. So I went to other high schools because I knew people from like all over. Tallahassee's also small, so it's not hard to know people everywhere. And I just started volunteering at the other theaters. So I was like, oh, this is fun. And my grandmother had always volunteered at the community theater. So it was kind of in our family, even though the rest of my family is very like everyone works in computers. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm going to do th-. I remember in college. I was like, I'm going to pursue a, th- a career in theater. And my parents were not OK with that. <laughs> Are they happy They're with so it now? They're so happy now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you have a little, a little yeah, more Yeah, because they see now. that it it's possible and sustainable. That's great. Not always, but it has been so far for me. 
what is one piece of advice that you received when you were starting out or even honestly at any point of your current career that you have relayed to other people as they're starting out in the stage management world? I think one of my favorite pieces of advice was one of my mentors at Signature Theater who actually hired me on my first full equity contract. He said to me, you need to remain when others leave. And he, I mean, he made it very practical. Like, look, if you're still around when everyone else has just quit, you're going to get the jobs because you're the only one there. And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense practically. But well, they also, say that with actors too. Yeah. And just the idea of perseverance, I think, has served me well. Um, I, I think sometimes I wish that I just got job after job after job without trying. But I think who I am today is because of the perseverance that I have put forward every day that I've pursued this. And I think part of that comes from people like him saying that sort of thing and knowing that perseverance will pay off. Not to be too cheesy, but I do believe that. Yeah, and have you, at this point in your career, been able to help somebody else out that's younger than you or or uh, earlier in their career than you are now? Like has like you uh, started by going to uh, stage doors and asking to shadow. Has anybody done that with you yet? Not so much the shadowing, but actually I did get reached out to recently about a possible shadowing, but it's been more... <laughs> Every time someone reaches out to me and says, can we get coffee? I want to hear about your experiences. I'm like, You're just going to tell them to listen to this podcast now. (laughs) Yes, I'll send them your way. Um, But look, if they treat me to coffee, I'm down for that. No. Um, And I think that's really cool because I, I do love the idea of giving back. I don't necessarily wake up and think, oh, I'm in a place in my career where I can totally give back to the younger generation because I'm not that well established I just have done many projects over the years but I'm not like I have not arrived for sure and I think I'll probably always think that would you say that for you know as many shows as you've done is that normal and I hate to use the word normal ever really but was is that standard for well I joke and say that I'm I'm the what do I say I'm the reading queen so all these like little projects here and there, I've become that person where people are like, oh, who can I hire for this one day reading or a two week reading or whatever it is. And because I've had um, convenient gaps in, be- in between work, it's worked out for me to like, oh, let me fill that time with that with that thing or sometimes do double duty. That's happened too. It's um, an amazing seed for you to be laying yeah, for I the was future of that, that I've project. Been- yeah, I've, I've been looking at it recently as like I'm planting a lot of seeds that I do believe will grow one day. I mean, are they are growing. I'm, I don't mean to say it like that. But it's nice, too, because I get to work and build trust with directors, even though it's only a day here and there or a couple weeks or a month, maybe. And because of that, I have a great working relationship with directors as a PSM. Is it typical for for you to, to start a project as, at the reading level to then continue on kind of like what you what you talked about? It depends. Uh, I mean, I guess that happened with Something Clean. I did the workshop, um, but a lot of the readings I've done are still very much in development. I feel like in the next 10 years, I'll come back and, and we'll have this conversation <laughs> again and I'll be like, let me tell you about all the seeds that have grown. Um, right now, it's still seeds. And when you're only working on a project for a day or a week... What kind of work are you putting in? 
as opposed to, you know, like a full rehearsal process for a production? It's mainly just printing the scripts for people. Organization. Yes, all yes. those things. And like sometimes it's a lot of pressure to put out a, a product, put out your show and only have a day to work on it. And so it can also be let's keep everyone feeling uplifted about what we're doing. So that's not that's and the like, nuance. We are work, where but... we are. Yeah. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, it's it's going to be fine. I know what, we didn't rehearse that scene, but the the invited guests that were that are coming, they understand. They've been to readings before. So for anyone that's possibly listening to this who's either in college or, you know, just starting out in their career, can you talk a little bit about maybe your experience on like side jobs or if you, you know, what you did to kind of in between these stage management gigs to kind of, you know, to get sure. you by? The not so pretty sight, but very realistic. Yes. So I am only one person and I can only speak to my experiences, but I've done, a, I love pets and I've done a lot of dog sitting and cat sitting. And I also run lines with this couple in Brooklyn. They're both actors and they pay me an hourly rate to, to run, run lines. lines? I, yes. And I'm like, that's my, I do that all the time without being paid in general. So well, um, I hope they have friends that want another person to do that because give them my number. Yeah, how did you get hooked up with that? Uh, another stage manager I know who's also Japanese and a swing dancer. Those are also two traits of me. You can't see me, but I am Japanese and I swing dance. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So she, I keep up with her a lot. And we've never worked together, but she was like, oh, do you know? would you be interested in this? I know that you, you're probably busy with things, but would you be interested in running lines and getting paid a little bit an hour? And I was like, yes, that's the easiest gig. And now I've done it just over two years with this couple. I'll go back again. I think I'm there on Sunday. Um, and I do it when I can. And they're so lovely. So in addition to I get paid a little, I've made new friends, and I love their dogs named Sirius Black and Percy. Oh, my God. I know. I love that. <laughs> Although I don't get paid to watch their dogs. I just get the presence of their dogs. Um, so that's one thing I've done, and I've also... Uh, readings for me are in their own way a side hustle. Um, and I did, I think my first couple of years here, I worked a lot in the events world because I had come in with four years of experience as an event assistant. Um, and it's the same sort of, and a lot of people here, a lot of companies here hire stage managers because they understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. Do you see yourself ever going back to that? No. I mean, it's nice because it pays well, mm -hmm. which kind of is the dream, but one day Broadway will pay me well. Hopefully. <laughs> my exception to that is I love doing weddings for my friends. And I do have a lot of experience in weddings and I helped do plan my brother's wedding. Um, and because that's arguably the most important day of someone's life, I would love to be a part of that with whatever um, assistance I can bring. So I do that. And then I've also been a bridesmaid and maid of honor a lot, which is basically stage managing too. Yeah, you have those kits for the brides. Oh, so yeah. it's like a stage manager kit. I, I prefer a fanny pack. I really keep fanny pack. Whoa, that is innovative. I never thought of that. I'm bringing it back. Yes. So when you realize that it's a trend, you're welcome. 
like wait, wait explain that fanny packs for the bridesmaids oh no for myself oh oh okay <laughs> no I, I have one i've traveled too. to europe with a fanny pack yeah yeah they make them cute now yeah they're they're like they're very trendy. compact yeah yeah <laughs> but if you say just a heads up if you go to england and say fanny pack it doesn't mean the same thing and you're probably gonna offend someone okay i'm not gonna ask you here i'll tell you later tell me later (laughs) (laughs) call it bum bag bum bag yes got my bum bag yeah i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) you know i I don't usually advertise that i have a fanny pack on oh i always advertise (laughs) that's where i would be keeping the money right why would i want to tell people that Mm, i don't keep my money in there Maybe I'm doing it wrong. So your mistake, number one, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> but you probably have better pockets than I would have. I, I don't usually wear them anymore. It oh, was okay. a thing like on my high school. I trips. love that we have gone down this path. We are <laughs> of your here. fanny pack. We've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to stage managing. Sure. Yes. What are some of the responsibilities of a stage manager, or something that you've had to do on a production? that you didn't expect a stage manager would have to do or something completely crazy. I've got some stories. Okay. (laughs) Number one, when I worked on the audience, um, PAs do a lot of the like outdoor tasks, like any (laughs) running errands. Yeah. Um, So one day we had to make sure that for a bit in this, in one of the scenes um, that one of the actors had, sugar cubes that were too big for the tongs and so i had to look for this very specific size sugar cube that wasn't even really a cube and so i did a lot of research to find where they could be found in new york and found that the russian tea room had them (laughs) so i went in one morning before rehearsal because it was my task to bring them into rehearsal and i announced to the hostess that I needed these sugar cubes and she was like okay are you here to drink tea like are you gonna order and I was like no I just can I just buy these and she was like no I don't think we can sell those and I said I I said the queen of England needs these sugar cubes I will not be leaving without them (laughs) and she was like Okay, let me talk to my manager. (laughs) Probably just thought you were absolutely insane at that point. (laughs) Like I said, I'm not afraid of anything. So I um, so I not afraid to name drop. Clearly, no, the The Queen Queen of England. I should have said Helen Mirren. That probably would have gone further. But she was like, "Fine, I'll talk to my manager." So she goes back and comes out, and a minute later, she's like, "We can't give you the sugar cubes, (gasps) but you can buy them at the grocery store right next door. That's where we buy them." I was oh like, my God. thank you for your time. So I went over and bought them and showed up in rehearsal with them. That's so funny. <laughs> so oh along those lines, I think we all appreciate some mishaps on stage. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. And in your case, off stage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you have any that come to mind? Well, Bette Midler comes to mind. Not mishaps, but she's certainly the queen of one-liners. No, I, you know, I will share one. Because plenty of people know this. So we, I worked on Hello, Dolly, and I was a PA on it. And I was on book during um, tech and previews for anyone who needed a line. So on book means I'm following the script, and I don't know how much people know who are listening. Um, So I was on a God mic, which reaches everyone in case someone went up on a line. So 
not first preview, but invited dress rehearsal, packed house, 1,500 people, mostly theater people who, like, knew, everyone knows one another. Um, I'm on book, and I'm like, people people are going to know their lines by this point. Unfortunately. I've never heard during a preview someone come over the god mic and feed a line. Yeah, well, you nope. weren't there that night. Um, <laughs> so during one of the scenes, Ms. Midler goes up on a line, and... I tried to give her the line, and then she turned it into a, as she does, she turned it into a bit and had the entire audience wrapped around her finger, loving what she was doing. And I was also, uh, on the headset, my PSM was yelling at me, like, you need to give her the line. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm competing with 1,500 people laughing at what she's doing. So I gave it to her, and eventually we got out of that scene. But as I was leaving that night, I got nine text messages from different friends saying, you got your Broadway vocal debut. Congratulations. And I was mortified. <laughs> so that was unfortunate. I mean, it also became, I think a lot of people went to see Bet be Bet. And she was, and she was amazing at it. Like anytime something like that happened, which she was fine after that. But um, yeah, that was interesting. Any other good ones backstage even? Because you guys are also, because I, I would think most people know, but if you don't know, the wing space and the backstage space of most Broadway, off-Broadway, or just general theaters is very tight. Yeah. So everything, all the set pieces are usually flown. Is yeah. that correct? Yes. I mean, I want to answer this question with, we never have mishaps. Stage managers make everything perfect. I'm going to totally twist the question. Um, I've created many a rehearsal prop out of some gaff tape and, like, cardboard boxes and one of them I made this like uh oh actually okay my favorite rehearsal prop that I made was you know Town, which is on Broadway now everyone should go see it so good um I did a reading for that last summer and we needed um these lanterns that the fates had to carry around but we didn't have any we weren't really supposed to be using it was like minimal props that we were allowed on that contract um and we couldn't get like an actual props designer to like make anything. So whatever I can make out of the things I was given. So it took someone's empty um, Coke bottle and some gaff tape and made a handle out of a rubber band that one of the, the actresses who's now a swing in it, um, she held up and she said it was her favorite lantern. She was like living with that thing. <laughs> yeah. I was proud of that one. Uh, we, we want to ask all of our guests, um, one last question. How fast they can do a Rubik's Cube. How fast they can do a Rubik's Cube. And, you let me know if anyone can do it. Actually, wait, actually wait, we, we, right now, we actually have we one pull. for you. Done. No. We want to ask, what was the last great piece of theater that you saw? Oh. If you've had any time to go see <laughs> Yeah, that's actually really true. No, I love I seeing theater. See um, especially if I'm in rehearsals, I like to see theater. Let's see. Well... Is it too biased to say what I'm working on? I mean, I... No, you could totally plug your show here. Something clean. Everyone should see it. <laughs> also, and what makes it, you know, a great piece of theater for you? There's just excellence all around. And it it deals with some really hard topics, but does so in a way that I think everyone can relate to and learn from. So I think that's great. I think I... Again, this is not... This is something I worked on. I did a reading of a show called Mandela which unfortunately is not open to the public yet, but hopefully will be soon, seeds planting. Um, (laughs) But it was written by these two brothers from South Africa 
who came over here with the blessing of the Mandela family to write this musical. And so through that process, I was able to meet Nandi Mandela, Nelson's granddaughter. She like came by rehearsals and like shared amazing things about her family. And she said, I wish that everyone who is supporting the show could be here, but our family, there are like 50 of us now. Um, So I'm, I am representing all of them tonight by saying that we support the show. Anyway, and then the show itself, it's based on obviously Nelson Mandela's life. And um, we know a lot of his story, but learning the backstory of things that I didn't necessarily know as, I mean, as an American that only has one view of, you know, South Africa and the apartheid and all that, I learned a lot about love and kindness and forgiveness and it was it's a show that I think regardless of if I continue to work on it it will stay with me forever so come see Mandela one day yeah I'm excited hope you're a part of it when it comes to I hope so too awesome well thank you thank you so much for coming thanks for having me on this podcast with us it's been I mean I I've known you for like several years but it's great to kind of dig in Especially from a stage manager side. I feel like we don't often hear from them because they're so busy (laughs) doing doing way more important things than, you know, but, you know, it's great. So thank you. Thank you. And I'm so glad to be able to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah. Thank you. Everybody go see something clean. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. And if you're enjoying these conversations, we would really appreciate it if you could take a couple minutes to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.